Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the adventure on W4CY.com. Wake up, America! It's time for the adventures of Hype Man on W4CY.com, West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, the Pipe Man. This is the Pipe Man here on the Adventures Pipe Man W4CY Radio, and our next guest is from one of my favorite places to go do a festival, and uh, man, they are a cool-ass sci-fi power metal band, so I'd like to welcome to the show Helion Prime. Hey, thanks a lot, man. So happy to be here. Hey, uh... I normally go on tour and do festivals all across the country, and one of my favorites is Aftershock, which unfortunately was the last one to get canceled for me. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was kind of really looking forward to this year, like, you know, not to turn away pretentious fans, but myself and Chad are actually big My Chemical Romance fans, uh, and then, of course, Metallica fans. So seeing those two as headliners would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, you um, might you might get some flack about the My Chem one, but I, I'll say I like them too, and I don't care who knows it. Hey, man, dudes knew how to write a good chorus, and to me, that's that's ninety percent of the battle right there. If you can hook me, I'll probably like you. Yeah, you know that's the key is like songwriting. I don't think people realize, especially in metal. I think some of the songwriting is like super duper important and you know there's some bands that i'm into just because the songwriting speaks directly to me yeah you know that's the thing and going back to mcr i wouldn't even necessarily consider myself like a fan of the band where i follow them or did follow them it's more that i'm a big fan of the black parade album that album in particular really just spoke to me on on you know just the musicianship on that level or on that album is just, there's so many layers and such great songwriting that I was like, how can I just not like this album? 
Well, there you go. And as far as yeah. Metallica goes, I was really bummed because I've seen Metallica. I can't even count how many times. First time I saw Metallica was uh, like 1981, 25 people at the Troubadour. That is amazing. So, funny <laughs> story. I, I've never seen Metallica. And I remember the last time they were here in Sacramento, I bought tickets, like front row tickets, the day they went on sale. Because I was like, I am not missing Metallica. And this was like, I mean, you know, the tickets went on sale almost a year or so before the tour even happened. So I completely forgot I even bought a ticket. The night of the show comes up, I'm at work like, oh, shit, Metallica's tonight. I have a front row ticket. I could not get the day off. <laughs> wow, what a bummer. I just, I completely forgot, like, because I bought it and, you know, the ticket came in again, like months and months before the show. It was just kind of sitting there. And I just completely spaced, and people were like, oh, Metallica's tonight. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, like, a light bulb went off, like, oh, <laughs> shit. I have a front row ticket to that. So I sold it last minute, you know, made some guy happy at least. So, Well, there you go. And let's hope some of uh, the people that go to see you don't do the same thing. <laughs> right. We need those ticket sales. Yes, please. <laughs> there, especially now more than ever. Like, you know, I think people don't realize how hard it is on artists right now. I mean, back in the day, you made money off of records. And so this would have been okay. Nowadays, you don't make crap off of records and you only make money off of touring. And to have no touring is like devastating to a band. Right. And even then, a band on our level where it's like, yeah, we're not really small anymore, but we're still a long ways from big. So even touring for us is still a bit of a struggle, you know, financially. Like, we have to really prepare, like, okay, have I put aside rent for this month? Because I'm going to need it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then, you know, touring for a band like you is is so necessary to keep the momentum going and bring you to each next level. Exactly. You know, we've toured every single year since we've been a band. So this is the first year we haven't. And, you know, so this will be the first album we've put out and then not gone out on tour for it. So, you know, we're trying to find ways to balance that with extra promotion, more videos, things like that. But, you know, and then just, of course, the joys of being on the road is one of the things I look forward to most about being in a band. Like, I like to perform. So, you know, it's as of August this year now, it's been a year since we've toured. So that means it's been a year since I've really performed with the band. So that's kind of a bummer. But, you know, we're not we're not suffering alone, at least. There you go. I think a lot yeah. of people don't understand that either, you know, because I go and I go on tour and do all these festivals doing radio coverage and you know, like one of my kids, she'll always be like, you know, don't you miss being home? And, you know, my kids are grown and out of the house, so that's nothing to miss. And it's like, uh, no, all my friends are out on the road. When I get home, it's when it's like when you miss being out on the road, it's kind of like coming off a high when you get home. And, and, and you know, <laughs> like, like you just... We're, we're high all night long, and now you're on the come down that you feel, like, horrific. <laughs> right. No, I completely agree. And, you know, for me, like, it's a weird it's a weird emotion when I'm on tour. Like, you know, my girlfriend and dog are at home, so obviously I like to see them. But other than, other than that, keep me on the road, man. But then it's like, you know, when we do the longer tours, like five weeks or so, usually by week three, my back's killing me, and I'm like, ah, you know, 
it'd be nice to be home right now, but I want to keep touring. So it's like this constant battle of myself of like, oh, that comfort of home, but yeah. I love to tour, you know, so. It is funny because uh, it is kind of like that, that whole bipolar thing going on. It's like, oh, I'm over it already. And then it's like, oh, but I want more. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, as soon as you're home, this is a come down. And then like that, the first few nights at home is like, oh, yes. And then it's like, okay, I'm ready to go again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in South Florida, and I have to say, due to COVID, this is the longest period of time I've been stationary in Florida in, like, five years, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> right. You know? It, yeah, man. <laughs> it's we like, uh, got together, you know, like a month ago or so-ish, maybe more than a month now, to, you know, do some video shoots for the new album. That was the first time I've done really anything since COVID and it was such a, it was like, Oh, I'm just doing something. It felt so good. Like I'm important, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, yeah. speaking of the new album, first of all, the first thing I want to say is I, I read something funny cause it said your third effort and a much shorter title. <laughs> and I, oh, I didn't, I did not see that, but I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. To laugh at that. Cause your last one was terror of the cybernetic space monster. And yes. this one is question everything. And you know what? I don't know if you planned that out and you probably didn't, but that is about probably the most appropriate title for what we're, is going on right now in so many areas. It's like yeah, prophetic. Um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. So as people know by now, at least those who follow us, uh, I worked again with our first singer, Heather, on the album. So she helped uh, with some of the writing and everything. So the title, funny enough, the idea behind this album and even the title I've had since our first album, I've just been kind of sitting on it. So it's definitely not a new idea. It's just been something I've been kind of waiting to bring out into the public. And, but like you said, we were, I was like, man, what a time to release it. Like how perfect. Yeah, no <laughs> <It's> doubt. Like, <laughs> definitely wasn't planned, but it it's like you said, it's definitely appropriate right now. Oh, no doubt about it. So, so tell us from your viewpoint as the artist how you see this album different than the previous two. Well, definitely more keys and strings. That is more of the obvious on the layer, right? Like just from a listening point of view, you know, we, we've had some here and there, but we've never gone like 100% full throttle. I've always kind of wanted to, but the reason I didn't is because I feel like once I do that, I can't just go back, you know? kind of like once to me once you add those elements it would almost feel just empty just not doing it again can't have this one big bombastic album and you know that's just my opinion of course so that's more on the surface like something i feel people might notice right away but also this is um the first album that is definitely more grounded and i mean like in the real world kind of stuff which is what i always wanted for helium prime like I always had the idea to be a more science-based metal band, you know. And then on the first album when we were doing it, we we were like, well, we got to have a song about Chronicles of Riddick because we named a after a planet from the movie. So we had that, and then we wrote a song about Star Trek. So it kind of became fifty-fifty, where it was like science and sci-fi. And then we kind of did the same thing for the second album because we were kind of in a rocky space, and I didn't really want to do this idea just yet. So I was like, yeah, we'll just kind of do the same thing, you know. Didn't work out too well. So lesson learned, you know. Don't don't try to repeat yourself. <laughs> um, <There> you <laughs> um, 
anyways, and then so, but this album is the direction I've always wanted to take Prime in a more science-based on real life and not so much sci-fi. Like, we have one song that is science fiction-based, and that's just because it kind of fit the theme that I was going for. And it was a character from one of my favorite movies. So I was just like, all right, yeah, let's throw him in there. Why not? You know, we're still kind of fun. Well, you know what's interesting is you're you're acting just like society because what used to be sci-fi is now real life. Right. There you go. You know, it's funny. Even some sci-fi is now like past life, like you were talking about Star Trek, you know. Back when, they had flip phones on Star Trek before there was a such thing as a cell phone, and now flip phones are like a thing in the past. It's so funny. It was futuristic, and now it's a thing in the past. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and I, I love that, too. Like, I love watching the old sci-fi films, like a big one that comes to mind is Alien, and looking at, like, the advanced, quote, technology they have, <laughs> and it's almost, it's like, yeah, okay, you know. Um, but but I always love it because it's got that vintage feel, but it's still obviously there's still a sci-fi because like yeah well it takes them into space so I guess that still counts because we can't do that yet you know I mean <laughs> and so but it's really cool and yeah I just love seeing that well you know what's but like interesting. you said like good no I was saying you know what's interesting is it's it's perspective too because. So, like, I like some of the stuff that has been redone nowadays. I liked it better when it was cheesy, you know? And it was well, like, I agree. And you kind of ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was saying you kind of no, ruined it. I actually it. completely agree with you. Like, one thing I feel is missing, I still enjoy some newer sci-fi films a lot, like Interstellar's great. But one thing to me that's missing from the sci-fi films is that imagination, because now it seems like, we got, all right, we're going to make a sci-fi film, but it needs to be believable. You know what I mean? And so the imagination, like, yes, we know some things we can't really do, but they try to, it's like, if we could do it, this is probably how we would do it, which that's cool to think about as well. But like you said, that imagination's kind of gone where it's like, why does that work? I don't know. It just does. It's sci-fi, man. Don't think about it. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And I, <laughs> you know, sometimes like I'm down with special effects, but not on the old stuff, like redoing it. Like one of my favorite shows when I was a kid was Lost in Space. So when that movie came out, I didn't really like it. I mean, it was okay. And if I never watched a TV show, I would have liked it more. But I was like, yeah, that's not what the robot's supposed to look like. And, you know, that it's not supposed right. to be that cool looking. It's supposed to be a bunch of cheesy, you know, crappy special effects like real <laughs> because right. that is it like the old special effects were more closer to real whereas some of the special effects now are like yeah that's a lot of drama that's a lot of you know you know shock and awe instead of wow that could really happen right yes i agree i think some movies have managed to find a good balance with it but you know, like, as much as I personally wasn't a fan of the recent Star Wars trilogy, I did love how in, you know, the first installment of the trilogy, which I can't, I can't even think of the name of it now, that's how many times I've watched them. <laughs> um, whatever the first one was that came out, Force Awakens, there we go. You know, it was really cool. It had the vintage Star Wars feeling to it. Yep. But obviously, there were still modern effects, you know. But 
they didn't over CGI the characters and stuff like that. And I think finding that good balance is great. Yeah, well, you make a good point there because, okay, so the second movie I ever watched in a movie theater ever was the original Star Wars when it first came out. And interestingly enough, George Lucas said back then that in 20 years he was going to come out with these things called prequels, which were never a thing then. And, like, nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. And that was his plan from the beginning. Like, it was a plan to bring these this many years later. First of all, ingenious. Second of all, amazes me how Star Wars merch now is just as big or bigger than it was back then. You know, but for me, you know, I was into the original, uh, which are the ending ones, you know, but the original ones and the original trilogy... And then when the first trilogy later came out, the middle one or whatever, I never watched them. Like, for some reason, I couldn't get into it. The only time I watched them is when Force Awakened came out, and then I had to watch them before going to see that, you know, to so, right. you know, because I just had to. You know, but up until that point, I, and I was a huge Star Wars fan, but I just didn't even have the, you know, like desire i i even had check this out i had a star wars record album <laughs> oh that's awesome in, in my nice. like back then okay it's funny now we have mp3s back then you had this like suitcase you carried around was it was that's what you would would be a walkman then <laughs> it was like this phonograph suitcase you carried around and you know you played your stuff like that it's pretty wild that's awesome yeah, you know, it's funny about Star Wars, like, I, I'm what I call the worst Star Wars fan in the world, because I do like Star Wars, and if you look around my house, I have Star Wars posters, I have a Star Wars sweatshirt, but at the same time, I would be probably the first to be like, it's not even in my, like, probably top 10 favorite sci-fi films, you yeah. know what I mean? And so, it's like, I got all this stuff, I do enjoy the film, but I'm also the first person to be like, hmm, Star Wars is cool. But I definitely, I'm not like a fanatic, you know. So I'm the worst Star Wars fan in the world. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I got a good one to share with you. Okay, so I remember when the Sci-Fi Channel first came out, like it, w- it was first launching, and it did this like I don't know, like you were on acid trip. It did this like hallucinogenic thing going on for like three days. When there were no shows, no movies, just. And I sat there with my wife at the time watching this channel for three days because it was like really weird. Like you didn't know what was like what's happening. So I was waiting for the network to start. And it was just like this weird, like hypnotic, hallucinogenic thing going on. And I wasn't even on any hallucinogenics. We were just watching it like and couldn't stop watching. It was pretty funny. Nice. Very interesting. So, Yeah. Uh, a lot of cool stuff, and uh, definitely your music is way cool for sure. How do people connect to you on social media? How do they get the new album? All that good stuff. You know, they can find all the major stream sites, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music. Facebook is a great place to get a hold of us. Instagram is really good. Uh, and then, you know, the best way to get the new album is directly from us on our website, heliumprimemetal.com slash shop. Um, we got pre-orders up right now, some cool limited edition stuff with the pre-orders or, you know, 
I think they can pre-order on iTunes and stuff like that. I've been looking on Amazon. It's not up there yet for some reason, but you know, the distributor we use says it is, but I can't seem to find it. So I'll figure that out. That's weird. I'm going to look it up right now while we're talking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, I, it was so weird. Like we used to be all over it and I looked this up the other day and I could find our second album and that was it. And then we did some digging and we could find the first album, uh, but nothing with the new album. I don't know what's taking that so long. Yeah. I don't see the new album. I see the forbidden zone there, but I don't see. Oh, see, I didn't even find the forbidden zone. So that's one of our newer singles. Yeah. That's why, so, I, that's why I was mentioning maybe, that. Yeah. So maybe it's just the single for now. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we just put out a new single, Madam Mercury, yesterday. Oh, that's um, on there? That one's there? Yep. Okay. So maybe whatever day I looked was just, just wasn't happening. Well, there you go. So that's pretty cool. good. They're on it if you that single that you just released yesterday is on there now. Cool. Well, there you go, everyone listening. Amazon another place. Nice. Any final words for our listeners? Uh, you know, thanks for listening to us ramble about sci-fi films. I hope I didn't lose too many fans with My Chemical Romance and um, Star <laughs> Wars, but uh, I, I appreciate everyone checking us out. It is pretty funny. Like, I can't tell you how many people in like the on social media in the comments were uh, for Aftershock and the other DWP festivals were like just hating on the fact that they had My Chem there and like. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Who cares? You know, so you don't like yeah. them. There's 60 other bands you could see. Shut up. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all good. That's my viewpoint. And uh, right on. you know what? Maybe next year at Aftershock. If, hopefully there will be a next year. Yes, hopefully. If so, man, I'll look for, I'll look for your booth. There you go. And uh, maybe you'll be playing and you can come back to Press Tent and uh, we can sit and chat. Go. In the meantime. Cool. Sounds good. Meantime, everybody's got to go out and get your new music and uh, check you guys out. You are a badass, and uh, thanks for making us some great music when we need it most. Of course. Thank you so much, man. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.